It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Zach Blackerby here with you every single weekday, breaking down the latest in Auburn Tigers sports. And let me tell you what, it's finally here, my friends, as spring practice is upon us. Today will mark the first practice of the Brian Harson era. And with spring, it always takes a few days to get things going. And this is going up at 3 o'clock Monday morning. So nothing to report on yet. But the fact that it's here is very, very exciting. So coming up on today's show, uh, we'll talk with Lindsey Crosby, our resident Auburn baseball expert for the final segment. In segment number two, I uh, have a conversation with Mike DeBate the host of Locked On Patriots. We talk about Cam Newton. He is staying in New England for another year, what it means for Jarrett Stidham, and also how they view Brandon King up there. That's kind of, uh, he has some interesting things to say about that. But uh, I want to start things, of course, talking football. And I got a bunch of notifications on Instagram on Friday night. And like all the players went live. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And I hopped over, I hopped around a few of them, but I spent most of the time watching Tate Johnson's IG Live and then Smoke Monday's Instagram Live. And you can see video, or they posted pictures of it on the Auburn Athletics and Auburn Football social accounts, but I don't think it really did it justice in the sense that, like, so they were they were like maxing out on squats. On Friday night. What were you doing Friday night? Brian Harson's football team, they were maxing out on squats. And it's amazing to see how strong these guys were. And it's weird that some people were doing it and some weren't. Like, why was Tate Johnson on IG Live the whole time? Why wasn't he squatting? So, I, I don't know. Um, but regardless, I, I grabbed a video from it and posted, like, Kobe Hudson squatting, like, over 400-something pounds. And some of the weights are different. So like most of the, your bigger weights are like 45 pounds, but every now and then they like sneak in a hundred pound weight on there. So I couldn't really tell what was what, but you no, know, these, I mean, 
the offensive lineman, defensive lineman, like Keandre Jones was throwing up 600 and something pounds. Like it was nothing. And that's amazing. I think um, somebody came up and told Tate Johnson while he was uh, recording his Instagram live that Tyron Truesdale squatted 700 pounds. Like, are you kidding me? But the atmosphere was so cool. And I would love to know if this is a normal thing because we seem to have more access than we've ever had before. And some of that social media evolving. Some of that is coaches realizing you have to give players a voice or like they're not going to come play for you. And some of that, I think Harson really wants to make it cool. The whole working out thing. I, I firmly believe that. I think that's why that AU strength account was made. And, um, but just talking about the, the environment, there were like spotlights shining down on some of the, the squat racks and there was music blaring and the whole football team was around you screaming I mean, it was really, really stinking cool. And so I just, uh, I wanted to talk about that for a second just because I think it was really, really neat. And you talk about culture and atmosphere. Really, really awesome stuff. So on Saturday, Harson tweeted out the Ironman of the week. And I mentioned one of those, Keandre Jones was uh, the offensive player. And Wesley Steiner was the defensive player, and he says what he always does. Work, hard work, does not go unnoticed. Excellent week of training. So the Ironman of the Week, Keandre Jones, and I kind of wonder if it had to do with what he was throwing up Friday night. I mean, holy cow. I didn't see Wesley Steiner in any of the videos. It certainly does not mean that, he, you know, I'm sure he participated. I just didn't happen to see him based on the, you know, the players that I was, I was uh, watching, but... Really, really cool. And, you know, Wesley Steiner, of course, a guy like, how in the world are we going to see him on the field this year with the amount of depth at linebacker? But if Derek Mason runs four linebackers more often, are you going to see Wesley Steiner more? Because his skill set is versatile. You kind of expect him to be able to cover based on his athleticism. You kind of expect him to be able to blitz. It's just, you know, it's going to be his first time really getting relevant playing time. At the you know at the SEC level, what does that look like without any experience? I don't know the answer to that, and I don't think it's possible to know the answer to that. But I think this is great. I think it's great that he gets a nod over several other linebackers, and I believe that says something. And then Keandre Jones, right now, I don't project him to be a starter on this offensive line. But man, when Council went down and KJ stepped up, they really, really talked. You know, I mean. They didn't really skip a beat um, until they ran into just defensive lines that were just way better than them. But I don't think that was a Keandre Jones inability thing. I just think it was outclassed in the trenches, and that would have happened regardless of who you put in there. So I thought he replaced Auburn's best offensive lineman very, very well last year. But with, you know, I'm projecting, you guys know this, I'm projecting those Juco tackles, Coffee and Zaire to step up which allows Ham to go inside, and I just don't think there's enough guard spots. I just don't. And, you know, like, uh, we'll see. We'll definitely see. And Will Friend and Harson and Bobo, they may just come in and not care about experience or anything of what, you know, Malzahn and his staff viewed as offensive line, you know, what made them legitimate or not. So it's I believe it's a wide-open competition in every position. I just don't think Keandre Jones is the guy. Unless there was talk about moving Council inside the center. Like, I would rather have Keandre Jones on the field than Nick Brahms. No offense to Nick Brahms, and I know there's some Nick Brahms truthers out there. I'm not one of them, but if... I don't really want to see Council at center, though. 
And, and I don't really know who else you could put in that situation. Like, do you try to, you know, put Cam Stutz there or something like that? I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, so congrats to uh, Wesley Steiner and Keandre Jones being the Iron Men of the week. Coming up, a conversation with Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots, talking about Cam and Stidham and uh, some other former Auburn guys, of course. And I, uh, I tell him to use his power to not get the Patriots to draft a Bama quarterback because that would be terrible for me selfishly. Uh, and then we'll be joined by Lindsey Crosby. All that coming up. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence when it's time to perform. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Uh, Their tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than going to a pharmacy. And we have a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code, LOCKEDON, at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping fee. That's bluechew.com, promo code LOCKEDON, no spaces, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your first free month. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. The madness is here, and it's weird that Auburn's not in it. Didn't even watch the selection show, but I'll probably bet on it. And I will use betonline.ag because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and college basketball and the NHL, they are in full swing. BetOnline even offers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head to the website, betonline.ag. You can use your phone, your laptop, your desktop, doesn't matter. Betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Joined now by Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots. My friend, how are you doing up there? I'm doing great, Zach. Always a pleasure. Always an honor to join you on the microphone. It's busy times all over the NFL. Never a dull moment in Foxborough in the last... 48 to 72 hours have been really, really interesting in Patriots folklore so far. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So news coming out and a little earlier into free agency than I expected to see this news, but Cam Newton is still going to be a New England Patriot for at least another year. Did this surprise you? Uh, I can't say it really surprised me. Uh, In a lot of ways, as we started to take a look at the landscape for quarterbacks out there on the market, and we started to take a look at what the Patriots were looking to do, and the picture started to get a little clearer as to the direction they wanted to move into when it came to the entire roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball, Cam just looked to be the best fit. I know a lot of fans... Uh, this has been a polarizing move <laughs> for uh, better or for worse, Zach. And I know a lot of the fan base is either appalled or enthralled by the fact that he's going to be back. But bottom line, if the Patriots are looking for that quote unquote bridge quarterback, that's going to take you from one year into the next, maybe into their next option. Cam gives them the best opportunity. He's got a year under the, in the system, a year under Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. Um, hopefully this year with the benefit of a full arsenal of OTA mini camp training camp, preseason games, it'll give Cam a little more time to get comfortable with the playbook, maybe a little more time to get comfortable with his physicalities right now and be able to play to his strengths. I think ultimately this could end up being a great move for the Patriots and it's low risk, high reward in terms of what they're giving up for Cam. 
This tells me that he's confident that he's going to be able to bet on himself. It's a very similar deal to the one that he signed last year. The one big difference is is that the uh, uh, the maximum values are considerably higher than a year ago. So Cam's betting on himself, and when he does that, watch out. This guy's got a lot of determination, and he's not going to go out there and make himself look bad. I mean, you mentioned Patriots Nation being split a little bit, but really the, the majority of the NFL world seems to be split on Cam Newton. A lot of people think that he's done He's a has-been. He's been too injured, too bruised up for too long of his career. And there's other folks saying, nah, I know Cam. He, he's not done. Where do you sit on this? Well, to be honest with you, right now, I think in a lot of ways, I'm looking toward the fan base and the media reaction as opposed to the player's reaction. Uh, and not just players that he has played with either previously or that have a personal relationship with Cam, his current teammates on the roster. It was universally praised by most of the Patriots that took to social media to advise that they were thrilled that Cam Newton was coming back. That goes to show you the type of respect he commands in that locker room, not just from being a likable guy, not being affable, which he was here in New England, it surprised even me just how likable, how affable, and how accountable Cam was every single time he took to the microphone, but how beloved he is by his teammates. That tells you that a work ethic and the Patriot way, so to speak, is something that he's embodying. So I'm more apt to side with the players in the locker room, the players that have played with him. They know what type of prowess Cam Newton brings to the table. And it goes deeper than your most recent soundbite or your most recent 30-second video of him throwing a ball into the dirt. I think there's more to meet the eye. And I really do believe that when he takes the field this year, he'll be better than he was in 2021. And I think Cam signing a deal like this proves that he believes that as well. What does this mean, Mike, for the other Patriots quarterback on the roster? Of course, Jarrett Stidham. Well, right now, from what I've gathered and from the those that I've spoken to that are relatively close to the organization. Stidham is someone that they still have a great deal of confidence in, in terms of being an option on the field. But I think they were very worried about going into the quote unquote uh, legal tampering period that's supposed to begin on Monday and into the official start of the league year on Wednesday, having only Jared Stidham as the only competent quarterback on the roster. They needed something else to be able to attract free agents. And Cam Newton, for better or for worse, has a great reputation among a lot of receivers, among a lot of tight ends. Players and, and teammates love playing with him, and he still has the allure and the pull of being a big enough name and also a good enough player on the field to believe that by going to the New England Patriots, a free agent wideout or a free agent tight end believes they'll be better playing alongside Cam Newton. So in a lot of ways, this kind of leaves Jarrett in a very precarious situation. Is he going to be the backup? Is he going to get a chance to compete for the starting position? Or have the Patriots made their decision? Is this going to be Cam Newton's team initially and Cam is going to be that bridge quarterback toward the QB of the future? Pat's made a big move on Sunday to clear up not only some additional cap space, but also to improve their draft status. You have to wonder with nine draft picks, what they're looking at, what they're planning. Are they planning on moving up to draft their quarterback of the future? Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how they treat Jarrett over the course of the next few weeks as they head into the 2021 uh, uh, season and as they head into training camp. If you start to see reduced snaps from him, that could be a sign that they may not be as confident in him as they were this time last year. Mike, you mentioned those draft picks, and you just got to work your magic. I mean, a lot of Auburn folks, now Patriot fans, because of Cam and because of Jared and 
Jonathan Jones and Brandon King. We'll get to him in a minute. But you got to work your magic to make sure the Patriots do not draft Mac Jones. Because I just, I would not know how to deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? That Auburn flavor that we've talked about so often over the course of the last calendar year. But yeah, it would be. If you throw a little Crimson Tide in it, all of a sudden, it's going to sour the taste for a lot of you Tiger fans out there. Look, I get it. Uh, You know, Mac coming in here, a lot of people are looking at him as Tom Brady redux. And I think that's a a very um, ill comparison uh between the two they're they're not as similar as some people would have you believe um mac is definitely drying up some draft boards but if the patriots are bringing someone like cam newton back into the fold that tells me that the quarterback of the future of this team is going to have to be mobile he's going to have to be someone that is capable of making zone reads he's going to be someone who's capable of making the occasional rpo extending plays with his legs these are things that cam can do to a certain extent they're also things that jared stidham can do but they're not things that we've seen mac jones do especially with the dearth of talent around him that he may have in new england as opposed to what he was playing with in alabama so um i'm not sure that mac is someone that's in the crosshairs of the new england patriots but there's one thing that i've learned about the hoodie over the years it's predictably unpredictable uh is bill belichick so no one knows for sure sure yeah no the only alabama guy i'm okay with is dante hightower and that took some time that took some time (laughs) to get to that point but uh uh last guy i want to ask you about brandon king i mentioned him a second ago but he was uh he was in a video with coach belichick that went pretty viral what uh, a few days ago involving uh brandon king shaving coach bill's uh his hair that was pretty cool (laughs) It definitely was, uh, first of all, for an amazing cause Um, and seeing, uh, you know, coach step up to the plate like that. We've seen so many athletes. Uh, Rob Gronkowski comes to mind. He did that cause every single year uh, with cuts for a cause. And it really is uh, an amazing uh, type of thing that unifies the Boston sports landscape, whether it be the Patriots, the Bruins, the Celtics or the Red Sox. Everybody always pulls in together and they do what's right for the community. It was great to see, uh, you know, Bill take part in that. It was great to see Brandon. Uh, He's someone I really missed on the field, someone I've loved covering up here in New England and a player that I hope is going to be in Patriot Blue for, you know, not only the foreseeable future, but beyond the value he brings on special teams and also the value he can bring to a defense. I think that's very underrated, an underrated aspect of what Brandon King brings to the table, uh, but a pillar of the community as well. Just an all around great guy, former Auburn Tiger. Uh, you got to love uh, what he's meant to this, uh, um, this area and also to this franchise. So great stuff all around and kudos to uh, coach Bill for uh, stepping up in that as well. Do you hear anything about Brandon King in practice? Something that he brought a lot of value in at Auburn was he could like uh, in, in practice, he could play defensive end. He could play linebacker, safety corner. He could kind of do whatever you want. He was pretty good at all of it as far as imitating, you know, giving, giving the opposing offense a picture of what they may see on Saturday, and then in your case on Sunday. Do you hear any similar things about that, or is he just kind of a special teams all-star? No, all the time. Uh, Brandon King is someone who has been an invaluable part of that team's defensive training and offensive training on the other end. Tom Brady himself has said several times that Brandon was among the tougher defenders that he had to work against simply because he was that chameleon type of defender. He could drop up into the front seven and play effectively there. He could be uh, that middle part of the field, that hybrid linebacker, or drop back and play safety. 
really reminds me a lot of Adrian Phillips. And Adrian took on that role this year for the New England Patriots, did a, uh, did a very significantly phenomenal job, in my opinion. Sure. I think Adrian did a great job. But I also think pairing him alongside a guy like Brandon King this year, assuming Brandon's healthy and ready to go, and indications are that he will be, uh, this is a great uh, uh, opportunity for the Pats. So I've heard that several times. And even if he does continue his career elsewhere. Whatever team gets him is not only going to get a special teams ace, but someone that's going to be invaluable in training players to be able to handle anything that an offense can throw at him. That's where Brandon King's value is. And that's why he's been such a valued member of the new England Patriots for quite some time. Mike, thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. I know you're busy with free agency about to pick up and your draft prep and all that. Where can people find all of your work? You, uh, you put all, you put out stuff all the time, man. Oh, absolutely, bud. Anytime. And you know the pleasure is all mine to join you. You can always find me on uh, the Bird app, as uh, my good friend Mark Schofield says, on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. All my written work, video work is all contained there as well. And also, you can catch me each and every day on the Locked On Patriots podcast, Monday through Friday. Subscribe and download Locked On Patriots wherever you get your podcasts. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. We've been talking about it non-stop. I mean, they've been such great partners with us. The best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Of course, the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar. All their bars have 100% chocolate all over them. And now we're trying to figure out which the best, uh, which the best way to go, Zach. Now we're trying to find out which built bar is the best. And that's why they're doing built bar madness. I believe today's matchup. If I am reading this correctly, will be between peanut butter brownie and coconut almond. Now, the winner of this matchup, it's important because they are facing cookies and cream. And I think peanut butter brownie has a chance to make a run to the championship appearance. I I, I really do. So, assuming I'm reading this bracket correctly at BuiltBar.com, vote for peanut butter brownie today. Or you can go check out their Twitter at bar underscore built. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15. That's a different promo code. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15, 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Our resident Auburn baseball expert, Lindsey Crosby, at Auburn Baker on Twitter and in the Locked On Auburn Discord. How are you, friend? I'm doing well. How are you? Welcome back to Alabama. Yeah, man. Finally, uh, kind of a normal week. And uh, what a week it'll be as uh, we've got, obviously, football starting back, spring practice. But it's uh, it's it's time for conference play for uh, for some Auburn baseball. We have one more game tomorrow against Lipscomb, and then we're right into Old Miss. Um, we're actually going to Oxford. So it's going to be a good a good test of where this team is. Uh, to start conference play. I mean, you can't, you just can't get any tougher than going to Old Miss to start off your conference schedule. Nope, you're right about that, man. You're absolutely right about that. So 
let's look at this past weekend. I'm a little bummed. I got my broom out uh, for the sweep, and it, it didn't happen. So let's go in order here. Take us through what it went down on Friday. Green Hill made his return. What'd you think about it? So Green Hill wasn't 100%, and we found out after the game uh, from Coach Thompson, and yet he still pitched well. He was really efficient which I like to see. He only took 58 pitches to go five innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, five strikeouts. So he was really making a point to get ahead in the count early, keep his pitch count down, and he looked really crisp. Uh, I, I wonder how much of that was the approach that the Little Rock hitters had. It okay. felt like they swung at every first pitch, but he did really well. And then Peyton Glavin and Carson Swilling combined for four innings of no hit, six strikeout ball to preserve the shutout. And Glavin's looked pretty decent so far this year. Yeah, other than the one extra innings against Boston College, he's the one who gave up the home run of the extra innings at Boston College. Oh, other right. than that, he's looked, yeah, he's looked really good other than that. And so, you know, the, the question on him was always, could he be more consistent with the off-speed stuff? Um, you, know, was, you know, his father had a legendary breaking pitch, and and. I feel like he's harnessed a little bit more of it than he had, and I really think he's going to probably be our long man from the bullpen going forward, and we feel comfortable now bringing him into a game with a lead and having him preserve it. You got a player of the game for uh, for Friday's game? I feel like I've called his name a lot, but Tyler Miller, two for four, two hits, two runs, three RBIs. He had a hand in five of the seven runs we scored, and he – it was one of those things where we didn't know where he would play. He could do a lot of different things. And he's pretty much just held down that first base job all year, and he just continues to rake. Is he still leading in RBIs? I haven't looked at it instead. He's either in the top three or he's still leading. And I know that's a bit skewed from that Alabama A&M game. But, sure. yes, he even in the non-Alabama A&M games, he has usually been one of our top RBI guys. Take us through, uh, take us through Saturday. Yeah, so six, six to nothing win. The, the MVP and the winning pitcher, same guy, Mason Barnett. Seven innings pitch, two hits, one walk, nine strikeouts. Little Rock did not get a runner in scoring position until there were two outs in the ninth inning. So just complete pitching domination. Barnett and Burkhalter combined for this one to only allow four hits, 13 strikeouts. Um, you know, there was some, some good on offense. Cam Hill went one for four with two RBIs. But the MVP's definitely got to be Mason Barnett. We wondered how he would step up to a weekend job with all these injuries. And he's so far, he's looked the part. Right, right. All right, now let's uh, let, let's talk about Sunday. And a lot of folks are really excited about getting another sweep this season. It didn't happen. Tell us why it didn't happen, Lindsay. So, uh, Trace Bright had a little bit of an uncharacteristic stumble. First time we've seen it from him. He went four and third, five hits, six earned runs. And he got himself into a jam in the fifth, let some guys get on, and then he elevated a pitch, and Gonzalez just crushed a grand slam. Uh, Coach Thompson talked about it after the game, is for some reason something changed right around the fifth inning, and all of our pitchers started started leaving balls up in the zone, and Little Rock hitters just started teeing off on them. And so, uh, obviously, they go on, they score 11 runs, um, end up winning 12 to six. We try to come back in the ninth. Brody Moore hits his first career home run. He was three for five, two runs, two RBIs. Uh, but it just wasn't quite enough. So we had, we allowed one run to the first 22 innings of this series and 11 runs over the last five. How big of a concern is that? So there's definitely, there's definitely positive takeaways from this weekend and there's some negative takeaways. And I think one of the negative takeaways definitely has to be 
when it rains in Auburn on this pitching staff, it pours. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw multiple pitchers come in and just allow multiple runs. Cam Hill pitched a third of an inning and gave up three runs. And it's it's something where you, you have to wonder when we face a team of the caliber of an SEC opponent versus a non-conference opponent, are they going to make the adjustment in game one versus what we're seeing where it's game three where the the, the adjustments are made? Uh, so it's a little bit concerning, but you do have to feel good about, obviously, 22 innings of, of one-run baseball. Uh, so there is positive takeaways from this weekend, but that definitely is a cause for concern. Lindsay, I'm real concerned we're going to face Ole Miss and just get waxed. It's a valid concern. I mean, uh, I, like, I wish I could blow sunshine at you, but it's a valid concern. A, a trend that I feel like I've seen this season is we've been struggling a bit with the opposing team's number one guy. And that's to be expected. It's the best pitcher that they have. But I feel like when you get into conference play, you know, their second guy and their third guy are the equivalent of some of the of Little Rock's first guy. And so if we're struggling to score early in game one against Little Rock, what's that going to hold for game two and game three against Old Miss, against Vanderbilt? Teams where these pitchers are going to go on and pitch in Major League Baseball. And it's definitely a cause for concern. Now, we've seen when the bats start clicking, we can do it. We can score. It's just a matter of how long is it going to take to do that when they face those high-level pitchers. Let's make a slight pivot just for uh, promotional purposes. If you want to join uh, the Locked On Auburn Fantasy Baseball League, I will put a link in the episode description. I think we've got like 14 or so spots left. So first come, first serve on that. Please only join if you think you're uh, going to follow it. Um, 20, 20 man league. It should be fun. And uh, Lindsay, this is is this your first time playing fantasy baseball? This is my first time not only playing fantasy baseball, this is my first time playing fantasy sports in about 10 years. Welcome back. I got to the, I got to the point where I had a problem and I quit cold turkey and you brought me back into it. And well, so, sweet. Um, I, I'd love to bring back a problem, so I'm excited about that. Yes. I have given my wife your phone number. It's just because out of control. Gosh, your wife must hate me. <laughs> <laughs> I make you get up at like four o'clock in the morning to fill in for me on the morning show. Even when I'm like in town, you've got to like go into work at seven o'clock instead of a few hours later. Like I bet she like despises me. You're just being nice about it. Oh, and then taking away Sunday night to come to uh, tape locked on Auburn about uh, the baseball series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let's work. She's yeah. a big fan of Zach Blackerby and what Zach Blackerby does. Oh, my gosh. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, where can people find you, buddy? I'm on Twitter and in the Discord at Auburn Baker. That does it for today's edition of Locked on Auburn. We'll be back tomorrow. We will give you updates every single day on everything happening with Auburn football spring camp. All this talk about Harson and this coaching staff absolutely pushing the limits of these guys throughout workouts. We'll see if it happens on the field. I can't wait. We'll talk about it tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.